This episode of the Gentleman Scofflaw podcast is brought to you by Patreon and the Gentleman Scofflaw merchandise page. Go to gentlemanscofflaw.com. In the menu, click the support or shop links to help support the show. You are listening to the Gentleman Scofflaw podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open I ain't got time for moping I best be on my way Well, I still got time to save my reputation Time to go day drinking in this dirty little town Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Gentleman's Scofflaw Podcast, the podcast for the rebel and the renaissance man. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder, and with me, in person, as usual, is the Don, Donovan Fowler. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good, uh, as usual. Let's start off with a little bit of housekeeping uh, so we can get sure. it out of the way. Um, uh, what do you got there, Donovan? Well, let's see. I got a, I got a nice uh, bottle of good old quality H2O. Good old quality that wasn't H2O. Quite a Bob- well, that wasn't Bobby Boucher from Waterboy. I'll try that again. <laughs> No, I'm not gonna try. Only the great late, uh, only the great Adam Sandler. Can, Did you say the great late Adam Sandler? I almost said the late great Adam Sandler. You might as well be late sometimes. You hey, know? you know, hasn't really done anything. Hey, a long time. Didn't, you, didn't you see the Meyerowitz uh, stories? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, so was the cobbler. That's true. Oh, the cobbler was brutally <laughs> weird. Um, all right. Well, I here I've got the huge uh, simpler times. Yes. And I also have my uh, country gentleman, uh, corn cob pipe, courtesy of Aristocob. Aristocob.com if you want to pick up one yourself. And in it, I have um, this is uh, Briarworks Bacon Old Fashioned. Pipe tobacco. That just sounds so flipping good, man. Yeah, I picked that up when I was in uh, Texas. Let's give this a whiff. Yep, that smells uh, just about just about how it sounds. Hey, remember when we were it's in uh, D.C. and we had the the bourbon milkshakes that had a, a bacon stir stick? Oh, that was uh, so. I have told people about those. Like so many times, like that's one of my number one foodie stories to tell people because that was a great night. Like we got yeah. steak, like we went to the old Hickory, right? Yeah. And what it wasn't, it was in DC. It wasn't in Tennessee. Mm-mm. Okay. Because you weren't there for the Tennessee one. No, but it was at the, I think it was just, it was I think the all same, the Gaylord hotels have, Gaylord that, hotels, have yeah. that restaurant. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to remember which one it was, but uh, I remember I ate so much steak so many like sides because they were like high dollar like sides and steak um and we looked at the dessert menu and i thought i'm not gonna get dessert like this is probably just gonna be some you know crummy lava cake like or like tiramisu like typical stuff that i don't like yeah and i see on there that there is a bourbon bacon milkshake and i was like Let's do this. <laughs> and uh, I, it was, I, I think I, I actually, so I don't know if I ever told you, I replicated it because yeah. basically it's, it was vanilla ice cream, right? Yeah. And then mixed in was, I think a couple of shots of bourbon. Yeah. And then you had, I don't, I think it was just vanilla. I don't think they put any caramel or anything else in there, but then they had a, uh, a slice of bacon that was pretty well caramelized, like enough yeah. to be kind of stiff and they dipped it in chocolate. 
halfway dipped in chocolate and then it was put in the milkshake. Yeah. And, um, one of the biggest regrets in my life was that I had eaten so much steak and potatoes and, and everything else that I, for the life of me, could not finish that milkshake. And I left it. One of your deepest regrets. I mean, on your deathbed. I'm like, I'm actually like. I never finished the bourbon bacon milkshake at the Gaylord Hotel in Washington, D.C. That, not watching the Meyerwood stories. (laughs) No, but uh, that, uh, you know, maybe an overstatement. I'm sure when my time comes, I already know when my time comes, I'm going to have way deeper regrets. (laughs) But I will, I, you know, in the back of my head, I'm going to be thinking, I left that bacon, bacon, bourbon, that bacon, bourbon milkshake on the field. Like I, I didn't, I didn't finish it, but I, but to, to try it as, as a penance, I did last year. My dad was in town just around this time of year yeah, and I made a, uh, a pretty worthy replacement, like or a, a pretty worthy replicant of it. And, uh, it was good. It was what did good. he think of it? He thought he thought it was great. He yeah. he had never had it before, and he now it made such an impression that now he does it back home. Really, so I think I actually I think I hit it. And you know what? You know, like started of, a problem. What part of the the trick was right. was that you had to put a little bit of the bacon grease in the milkshake. Really, like you had to mix in like. How about, did you figure that out? I'm just like a. <laughs> I, I I'm. <laughs> what's the word that I'm looking for? <laughs> I'm a total uh, heathen or, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff, like I'll like, dude, I remember once uh, I was making what's called Colcannon, which is a uh, Irish dish. It's like it's basically mashed potatoes with cabbage and bacon mixed in uh-huh. and it's really good. But I accidentally threw in like all the bacon grease <laughs> with the bacon and it was like, okay, yeah, this will probably shorten my life. It's like a by Jew like, or a Muslim's a nightmare. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they were any of the party. Yeah. The, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the St. Patrick's day party, lots of Jews and Muslims at the St. Patrick's yeah. day party. Hey, you know what? It's the 21st century. Who knows? But uh, anyways, um, that being said, I remember thinking this will probably shorten my life by about, you know, a month, but uh, it's <laughs> a whole month. totally worth it. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know when you make chili that you're supposed to get rid of the grease. Yeah, you know, I I, I remember. I, I mean, I made it that way, and I didn't seem seemed fine to me. I think but, you're mm, supposed to drain the grease. Lacey I mean, was like, "You're supposed to drain it." And I was like, "But that's the good part." <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that's like that's getting rid of the, all the flavor there. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think you're supposed to, but I I definitely for a long time when I did. Uh, when I did like uh, ground beef dishes, I would often not drain the grease. Yeah, it seems. I don't know. That seems like a seems like a chef wouldn't do that. But I I, I don't. I'm no chef, so yeah, well, <laughs> um, I should say that later we, on on the show we do our best. We're going to have Josh of the Ham Radio Crash Course, which mm. should be fun. Yeah, that guy is very interesting. He is. Watched he, a lot of his stuff. Yeah, it's that's pretty cool. I, I'm, I think I'm going to get myself one. I watch my, myself a ham radio. Really? I can get gonna a technician. Going to be a bit of a hobbit. Uh, a, hob, a hobbit. <laughs> I'm just going to go Baggins was really into his ham radio. I'm just going to get on there and do my um, Adam Sandler impressions oh on gosh. over the airwaves. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Never going to live that one down. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you're going to be a bit of a hobbyist. With yeah, that. I think so. Yeah. yeah. 
don't know. I'm going to be, uh, you know, we should both get ham radios and see if, uh, see if we can communicate across, uh, across Los Angeles, Los Angeles to, or Glendale to Hollywood. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're like preteens <laughs> at yeah. this point. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like you with walkie talkies. Yeah. We'll talk after our parents go to bed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> under, under the sheets. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be great. With a flashlight. All right. <laughs> oh man. I, you know, also I, it wasn't there, you know, we should do a review of, uh, I've actually never seen it. I'm sure some of our audience has, but there's a movie called Frequency. It's all about ham radios. Oh yeah, it's Jim Caviezel yeah, and uh, Dennis Quaid in it. I forgot about it. And that. it's all about like a guy like connecting with his dead dad over the radio. Over ham radio. I don't know what the premise for that, like how how it all works. Somehow the dead are on a different frequency. I guess. <laughs> <That makes laughs> Time sense. travel through ham radio. Yeah, why not? Exactly. You're greenlit, kid. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's look at some of these uh, things that happened. Uh, you know, since we last recorded in the news, um, in case your listeners are wondering, that Donovan was a, that was a switchblade. flicking a switchblade. I, it's just a habit. I, I actually didn't even <laughs> think that was gonna. I didn't think that was gonna register on, on microphone. It's not technically a switchblade. It's an assisted opener. Assisted opener. Yes. Yeah. So, so just in case any of the LAPD out yeah, there are in listening, case they're listening, please do not swat us. We do us. have some LAPD. That listen to us and that I love some, them. Some I love them. Just as long as they're not swatting us, that's that's <laughs> that's fine. Right. So what's this? Uh, I just see here in the show notes Ariana Grande palm tattoo. Okay. What's that all about? So I've been following this story for some time now, uh, which is to say over the last forty eight hours, and uh, which is actually to be you know, I mean, for a story like this. I don't think a story like this should last for 48 hours, but it has. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. A very good place to start. Um, Ariana Grande got a tattoo in Japanese on her palm. Okay. So... First of all, seems disrespectful off the bat. I, 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 I'm not going to appropriate their outrage. They can, they, they can have plenty of it. Um, but that being said, my first reaction was, wow, a tattoo on your palm has got to be incredibly painful. Yeah. Um, like seriously, you can come up with a better place to, to, to tattoo yourself. But she, I guess was trying to be original and, um, (laughs) she got really excited about this. And she uh, she got it and posted it on Instagram. And it's a relatively, you know, like benign looking tattoo. It's got yeah. the, you know, characters and a cool little like arrangement with a heart and stuff like that. And I guess I don't know what the meaning of this is, but it, it was supposed to say like seven rings or something in mm-hmm. um, in in Japanese. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. It's I think it's it's got to be a, something I mean, it's obviously something of Asian philosophy or I probably should have researched that before, <laughs> but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I just, I, I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, so she posted this on Instagram and said, Hey, look at this tattoo. I got, it means seven rings, super excited about it. I was very proud. And then all of a sudden her, um, a lot of uh, followers of, of hers who are Japanese start to inform her that it's that there's like a typo in the tattoo. Oh, no, no. And, uh, and like, there's enough people I think getting to this that like, it's like not trolls. And, uh, they basically tell her that she has gotten the words barbecue grill. 
<laughs> tattooed on her palm. So oh, barbecue grill. So um immediately, well, I don't know if immediately I was not following this live. But long story short, she uh deletes the post after like, you know, kind of I think trying to run damage control on it. And then she comes back and uh this is the second act of the story. She uh, consulted her tutor, quote unquote tutor. I don't know what that means. Um, who has told her how she can fix it. So there's like a character that you can put in it that basically, um, let's see what the, what the tutor say. Something to the effect of, if you would like to add one more kanji between and above them, like, and he lays out the characters. He said it would spell out seven finger circle, which means seven rings in Japanese. <laughs> so she does that, posts it again, <laughs> and then people uh, inform her that now it says Japanese barbecue finger. <laughs> So, the you know, anyways, the moral of this story is obviously, um, other she than, made it worse. Yeah. Just don't get your palm tattooed. Just don't do it. And also, also, I feel like this has happened. I know that this happened to another celebrity too, where they got some tattoo in a foreign language. And you'd think if you were, I mean, granted people get tattoos when they're, you know, drunk and, and, you know, pretty crazy yeah so i can see how maybe you'd make a mistake but like i i would say if you're gonna get a tattoo in a foreign language please like like run it through like put it through the you know put, yeah. put it to the test like don't yeah. don't uh don't get japanese don't get barbecue grill <laughs> no tattooed barbecue on your palm grill. anyways honestly that's funny though. i'm not a huge fan of ariana grande if you if you you know it just seems you, like karma coming back her way um yeah, she's a bit of a <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, barbecue grill. Yeah. So she gets for saying she hates Americans or whatever it was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can't. I. I I've been so caught up in the whole like Pete Davidson thing that I. Uh, I totally forgot that that was a thing. The donut liquor. <laughs> she was the donut liquor for a while. Is she, she dating donut. Pete Davidson? She was. And then she. Well, let's. There's enough problems on both sides of that road. But <laughs> anyways, they broke up, and then he got like suicidal. Which oh, was so slightly disturbing because her boyfriend before, um, what's his name, Mac Miller, I think, yeah. he commit like he overdosed. So really? Ariana Grande does not have a great track record <laughs> thus far of dating. But who knows what's going she on? She seems I mean, to leave are, a whole mess in her wake. Um, it's true. So there's this other, but this is very apropos mm. for uh, this weekend. Yes. Okay. So this guy was going to get uh, thought he was going to get fired. And this is, uh, was he the... He was a custodian, custodian for the Rams. for the Rams. Thought yeah. he was going to get fired. So, uh, basically, let me pull up the story here because my database only runs so deep on a, on a day like this. <laughs> yeah, so basically uh, what happened was Brandon Cooks at LA Rams, who's a relatively new player. He actually got, uh, he, I believe he comes from Patriots. He uh, called this the team's custodian in who uh, is the guy who looks after their locker room. And uh, anyways, the custodian walked in and you can tell on his face, he looks like he's in trouble, yeah. which 
my first reaction to that is, what exactly have you been doing to make you think that you're about to be fine now? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he, 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 thinks, he thinks that he's in trouble. And uh, it's a really heartfelt video. Brandon Cooks, who I, admittedly seems like a very good fellow, uh, says like, hey, don't worry. You're not in trouble. It's all good. Like, we just want to give you this round trip uh uh, deal to the Super Bowl, and uh, you get to come and hang with us, and like all this stuff. So uh, they're going to basically take him and his son uh, to the Super Bowl. And uh, I was once again on Reddit, uh, trolling Reddit, <laughs> seeing, seeing, gauging what the what you know what the mob uh, thought of this whole entire thing. Oh, no. And the first comment I see is somewhere in New Orleans, the Saints janitor just kissed his son goodnight and cried himself to sleep. <laughs> it's true which is hilarious um but yeah you know nice nice heartfelt you know story that's a nice heartwarming story yeah very heartwarming but you know i mean the guy apparently does a really good job and uh like i said it looks like brendan cooks is a it's a relatively stand-up guy decent guy yeah Yeah. so those are always little nice little stories um and then you sent me this today um i don't know what a deep fake is but this thing was freaking hilarious it's basically jennifer lawrence doing a press junket and uh steve buscemi's face is replaces her and is saying everything she's saying yeah but so her voice. So this is a replaces disturbing, her bo- face on her body on her body. Yeah. So this is a disturbing uh, trend. <laughs> Two disturbing trends going on right now. One is deep fakes, which is the ability to because everybody lost their mind when Key and Peele were able to paste Obama's face onto Jordan Peele's face while he was doing the Obama impression. <laughs> And people were like, it looks just like Obama. That's fine. So, but a lot of people were also like, this is crazy because it basically means that anybody could do this to somebody and make it seem like they're talking. Yeah. You know, you could, you could fake video footage of, and I mean, we've seen it done to the, you know, nth degree in uh, movies like, you know, Rogue One, Hunger Games. Fred Claus. uh, I didn't know about Fred Claus, but (laughs) (laughs) apparently, (laughs) Uh, but like, I think the best was like Blade Runner 2049 was like, they were able to take Sean Young's face and put it on a younger actress's face and then make it seem like Sean Young was in the movie. Yeah. But I mean, Denny Villeneuve even talked about how like it was, they, they was like the thing that they had to shoot first because they had to spend like an entire year making it look pristine. Yet, when I see Jennifer Lawrence's body with Steve Buscemi's face on it, I think that's pretty like flawless. Like there's like, it looks well, anyways, it's so not flawless. It, it was, <laughs> it, I mean, I will say if I didn't know if I, uh, anyways, I, I'm not going to say into Steve Buscemi's face. I'm is not, not going to get into that, <laughs> but this is a, uh, the other disturbing trend that I was talking about was, uh, people are loving to put Steve Buscemi's face (laughs) on like to mix his face in with other people's faces. It's really, really weird. Just Google it (laughs) at your own risk, but people love, uh, uh, face mashing or whatever face swapping Steve Buscemi's face with other people's. Um, but you know, anyways, I guess this gets down to, despite the 
the overall uncanniness of seeing Steve Buscemi and but how Jennifer do they get, Lawrence. Like, how do they animate the mouth to look so real? I have no idea. I, I've never done this. I heard mm. somebody at work was telling me that uh, that they started to get into it over a weekend and they gave up because it was so like, it wasn't like the hardest thing to do, yeah. but it is relatively tedious. Yeah, it makes um, sense. I think. I don't know. I've never done it, so I don't no. know. But people are worried about this because it's uh you know it's just like it can it can confuse things big time i mean people talk about like propaganda and fake news and stuff like that and i mean there could you could hypothetically like if if i were a, a uh intelligent of an intelligence agency or something i'd be looking into i'm sure they're already looking into doing this kind of stuff to try to you know s- generate you know stuff to to throw people off yeah i don't know to like to do a rendering of the oj simpson murders or something uh maybe (laughs) sure yeah why not yeah (laughs) because we all know oj was so innocent (laughs) Um, release some uh some some 19 some good old 1991 uh security camera footage With the deep fake of OJ Simpson. <laughs> That'd be so good. Goodness. All right. Uh, you know what? Uh, let's take a quick little break and we'll be back with listener mail. Listener mail. All right. Um, in case you hadn't heard, right, this weekend, it's the uh, the, the big game, as they call yep. it, right? Yep. The big one. The... Uh, the... the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Super Bowl, the, the big super, the 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 big Super Bowl, yeah. So uh, I posted on our Instagram um, earlier today, and I asked, um, "Who's going to win the Super Bowl?" And I said, "Tell us why." And uh, we got eighty three percent said the Rams, okay, and seventeen percent said the Patriots. Now, would your would your uh, Instagram be stacked? With Angelinos, maybe. Um, that's what I thought, but a lot of the people on this list are from because it shows you who voted for what. Yeah. Um, just like, just like a real election. Um, of course. And they're people from all over the country. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're kind of from all over the place. Um, but I did get some comments here. People said, um, Rams because screw Patriots. People hate the Patriots, man. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Um, and one guy did say, because I live in LA, yeah. uh, Rams. Yeah. And then one guy says, Patriots been in too much. Well, that doesn't mean they're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and then here's hate to, a, hate to mess with your logic there, buddy. <laughs> but, and, yeah. and then, and then uh, actually the Los Angeles Pipe Club, shout out to them. They said, no one likes the Patriots. So um, I'm, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not, not a big football guy. I don't know much about it. Well, um, you're from Canada, so we'll give you we'll give you that. I know. Yeah. Uh, we, we have football up there. It's not super popular. Um, one of my best friends growing up plays for the Montreal Alouettes. Never name, heard of him. His name's Christian Matt. Never plays in the CFL. Him. Never heard <laughs> so of him. So if any of you in Canada, uh, you know, know the CFL and the Montreal Alouettes, you can go on YouTube and you could find some old videos we made back in back in college nice. where he he started in them as a, as an actor, which is kind of funny. Very cool. Um, anyway, but um, so do you have any predictions about this? Do you know? Do you know about? Uh, I mean, I I, I uh, heart says. 
Heart says Rams, head says Patriots. I'm, but I'm not. Here's the thing. I I've admitted this to many people. I I played football for four years in high school, and still have a like. I never really understood. Uh, and that was never super interested in the actual game itself. Like I, I was a, I was a lineman and like, you know, I just sort of did what I, you know, I trained and I did what I did and that was it. Um, but I, I, have never been like a huge, huge fan, uh, the way some people are. So I, I guess that this is where you turn off the podcast and you stop listening to me. <laughs> well, this, this, I would say, I would say, I would say that I'm very interested in the Rams because of their, you know, their ascent. And I mean, they were. I mean, you, you and I were watching that Chiefs Rams game yeah. um, that they called Super Bowl Fifty. What is it like? What what is what Super Bowl is this? Fifty seven. I think I think they called it's it one like of the fifties. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> they called it like fifty six and a half. Like basically, it was like I mean, it was yeah. a really good game. It was yeah. an amazing game, and uh, the Chiefs gave like a really so it's uh, youngest coach to ever go to the Super Bowl for the Rams, which is really fun, and I I wish him the best. But honestly, I do I do like the Patriots. I yeah. they're they're good. Belichick's good. Uh, Brady is amazing. And, uh, I mean, the whole deflate gate thing, I don't buy at all. Uh, I don't even know what that means. It means basically, uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots got accused back in 2015 of cheating because people said that the balls were deflated. So when they're, when the balls are deflated, the, they're easier to like, like basically the quarterback has an easier time handling them. So Oh my gosh. <laughs> I knew I walked right into that one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Back on track. No. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, my dad was even saying he was like, he was pointing out that my little brother and, and he did this, this thing where uh, they put like a football in the freezer overnight and it's like, yeah, of course the ball is going to lose, you know, some, I mean, I'm sure people are going to come after me for this as well, but I, I, I just think I, I, I like the Patriots, you know, um, so they but, got a good logo. I like their logo. Sure. The logo so is great. So the if I go by the logo, I picked them. Okay. <laughs> if I go by the city, I'd pick the Rams. Sure. But if I were uh, going by the colors, I'd probably still pick the Patriots. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm going to say, well, you're patriotic. You're a patriotic guy. <laughs> true. I, uh, I, I'm just going to say, I think the Patriots are going to win. But yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'll be proven wrong. I'm maybe. also slightly, I'm also slightly, um, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the Irishman in me, but I'm slightly uh, pushed to root for the Patriots just because everybody hates them so much. Yeah, I'm like kind of like, well, screw you. Like, <laughs> like, why do you hate them so much? Like, yeah. they they they're you know they've been to the Super Bowl for a reason. But it's um, true. Um, but, you know, it's would, a free country. People can root for whoever they want. Men or women, this one's for you. Let me take a second to talk to you about GORUCK. Now, you've heard us on this show talk about their awesome endurance events, which are you know great for fitness and team building. But of course, they are known for their amazing gear. Some of the best gear in the world, actually. I myself own a GR1 rucksack for all my rucking and training. I also have one of their 30-pound uh, ruck plates, which is so convenient because I could just drop it in the laptop compartment on my bag, and I have a weighted ruck. It's super cool. But one of my all 
all-time favorite things that they offer are their sandbags. Now, if you've never trained with a sandbag, you're in for a treat. I love that you can keep it in the trunk of your car and take it to the park and you have a gym anywhere. Ever try doing sandbag man-makers with 60 pounds? I mean, you get a fun and very hard training session in really quickly. Um, It's a big bag of suck in all the right ways. Now, even if you're not in the rucking, they have tons of sleek apparel for the outdoors in addition to their gear uh, that is tough as nails and built to military standards. Also, their apparel and gear offer their scars a lifetime warranty, so you buy the item once and that's it. You're set for life. But you know what the greatest thing is about GORUCK? All of it is made in the good old USA and by special forces veterans, mind you. It doesn't get more badass than that. That's right. America. To check out GORUCK gear, go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK, and anything you buy through that link helps support the show. That's gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK. Whether it's for your fitness regimen, your, you know, your outdoor lifestyle, or just, you know, a great bag for everyday carry, um, you're going to want to check them out. GORUCK, built in the USA. All right, I'm excited to have this guest. Um, I've been following him on YouTube for a little while now. I've been uh, toying with dipping my toe into the ham radio world, um, and I fell upon his videos, and he's got some great information. Uh, Josh of Ham Radio Crash Course on YouTube. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me out here. Love talking about ham radio. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. We ended up wearing the same hat, which we didn't call yeah, each other plans. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Very weird. <laughs> I actually got this. I was visiting family um, in Texas over the holidays, and they have 511 stores. I guess there's some, they're based in California, but there's not very common the stores here. And yeah, what's like, it? The Ikea and Carson across the street is a 511 tactical. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so that's where I got it. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I was there as uh, looking, looking at all their cool tactical stuff. Um, got a uh, gift for Christmas, a gun that I couldn't take back to California. So that's always <laughs> a that's always a fun. I know what that's thing. like. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about your background and, uh, how you kind of got into ham radio and YouTube and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was a kid, grew up in California, uh, became a boy scout and that was kind of my first uh, introduction to amateur radio. One of the scout masters had, you know, a handy talkie, we call them HTs, uh, like a walkie talkie, but he's talking to a repeater. And a repeater is like a really big radio on a mountaintop usually that, um, you know, because it's up high, usually has better antenna, a little bit of amplification. It's got a really big footprint. So you can talk to people, you know, 50 miles away, not too, in not too difficulty, depending on the size of the mountain. So kind of fast forward around 2006, um, I'm graduating as an engineer, software engineer from college, and I've got all these ridiculous hobbies and my wife, girlfriend at the time, is like, you should probably make videos on this because you love talking about it. and You're really passionate. And so that kind of started my YouTube career, uh, if you will. And it was always just a hodgepodge of whatever I was playing around with, uh, gold prospecting and metal detecting and guns and all that stuff. And I, in about 2013 or 14, I did a couple of amateur radio videos and they took off. And I really liked talking about that stuff more than anything else. So I said, well, what the heck? I'm going to do what the YouTube gods always tell you is just focus on a topic 
and go with that. So that's kind of what started the ham radio crash course, if you will. About a year ago, we got serious with it. Wow. That's really awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's always kind of the story of a lot of YouTube channels is just like, people starting stuff based on their hobbies. It's kind of what, like how our podcast started, it started yeah. because I, I liked podcasts and I liked like pipe smoking. And then we kind of started out and then it kind of branched out to a bunch of different things. But um, yeah. So um, ham radio, I got, I got interested in, I found your channel by kind of looking, looking it up. I don't know. I always start getting into this in my head, especially in California, thinking of like an earthquake hitting, like the, the, the one to end everything. Um, if something <laughs> yeah, were, yeah. If everything How were, long have you lived in California? I've only lived here for, I'm coming up on six years actually this month. Okay. So, so uh, I was born and raised here. So I was here for the 1987 uh, Whittier Narrows quake. I was yeah. living in, in Whittier when it happened. And I think that was a 6.7. Oh, wow. um, and after that point, I was like, wow, you got to be prepared for this stuff. You know, even yeah. as a kid, no power, uh, no gas or no water or whatever. You got to be prepared for those things, particularly if you live in an area like California. Yeah. And so to me, um, ham radio is kind of an extension of, of that emergency preparedness. You got to have your food, you got to have your water and you got to be able to communicate. Yeah. And ham radio is the, um, if nothing else works, ham radio works. And so that's kind of how I approach it kind of thing. That's perfect. Um, explain to like our listeners that don't necessarily know what ham radio is, why mm -hmm. it would be important um, in a disaster sort of situation. Because um, people will think, well, I've got my cell phones, right? Is that what a lot of sure. people think by default. But explain yep. why ham radio would be important. Well, for those that are old enough to remember, you know, pay phones before cell phones, right? You had yep. to go find a payphone, put money in it, pick it up and talk, right? And even your landline, right? Those are all hardwired connections. Um, cell phones, they're wireless, but they're only wireless to a cell phone tower. And then that's where it connects to a quote unquote backbone or it's a grid based system that the towers talk to each other uh, and they kind of propagate that signal and get your call to where it needs to go, even if it's across the you know, the country or the world. If you lose power in an area and those uh, cell phone towers don't have a generator backup or solar or whatever, then they're down. And your cell phones, they don't talk one to one, right? You can't have your cell phone talk to other cell phones aside from maybe Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, but yeah. that's limited to a couple of feet, right? Yeah. Um, as good as your house is, that's as, as far as you can transmit with your with your simple cell phone. Yeah. So with amateur radio, you take a, a device that's about the same size as your phone, maybe a little thicker, put an antenna on it, and you're going 10 miles. And then if you're talking to a repeater like the one I mentioned earlier, now you've got a 50-mile propagation radius. And, um, you know, when, when we have grid down situations or emergencies, amateur radio is one of the first things that gets deployed along with first responders. Yeah. And the reason is simply so that we can relay traffic. You know, we've got somebody in a house, house fell down. We need some first responders to come help get that person out or to relay medical information to the hospital where people are being evacuated into amateur radio is perfect for that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, um, so, if it seems like if you start looking up ham radio until I found your channel, it seems it seems like something that seems really complicated and you get a lot of like, you know, people that geek out over it. And I'm I could be a tech guy and I could get into all sure. the nitty gritty of that. Um sure. but like it like what's is there a basic like way to get into ham radio for just the kind of average consumer that just wants to make sure that they have something in case of an emergency? 
Yeah. So first, I, I understand what you're saying. It can be extremely uh, heady with real high technology and, and high science in a lot of cases, yeah, of uh, content. Uh, to go back a step, amateur radio is an FCC licensed um, system. You get a call sign and there's the technician class, which is the first level, and then there's general and then there's extra. And general and extra is where you really start getting into that heady stuff, trying to make those really long distance contacts around the world contacts kind of thing. But at the technician class, you're generally operating VHF and UHF radios, which are the handy talkies I mentioned before. Okay. And those are what we call local line of sight communications. Those are like walkie talkies. So yeah. if you grew up with a walkie talkie, same kind of thing. So you already know how it works. You hold down yeah. the button, you talk, and you can listen on the other side. Exactly. Um, to get into it, though, you have to take a test, right? Yeah. And the test is 35 questions. It's administered by different groups. Um, it's approved by the FCC, but it's actually, you know, private groups that that implement it and administer the tests. And there are some technology type questions in there and, and understanding the science behind it a bit, but it's not too difficult. Um, there are books that you can read. There are websites like hamstudy.org that has uh, tutorials and practice tests. And there are uh, practice exams, which I recommend people download apps for that you can take on your phone. So you can take the practice test right there. Uh, what I've found is most people, my wife, for example, I sat her down on a live stream and we had her just go through the test blind. She failed, but she was close. <laughs> yeah. And she there was parts of it where she would like she she really understood it, like operating procedures. She knew that verbatim, you know, common sense. Don't be an asshole kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the technology of like how do antennas work? Ah, she needs some work in that area. Yeah. So I, that's not a short answer. But I, I hope <laughs> that's it all makes right. sense. It, it it can be very heady, and and I say ham radio is a lifetime hobby. There are so many different facets of it that it's going to look like the huge elephant in the room. But just start taking small bites, and eventually you'll get better and better as you go. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, in terms of getting started out on it, what kind of stuff would you need to to, to just kind of dip your toe in and, and, and start to learn about it? Um, so I already mentioned handy talkies. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna slide over here where some of my radios are. Oh, yeah. And I'll grab this guy and this guy. So um, this is a so something happened uh, three or four years ago. The Chinese manufacturers uh, kind of copied – I don't know if they paid for the rights to do this – a Japanese radio, a Kenwood, and they produced uh, this radio, which is a Baofeng. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is very seen iconic. <laughs> it's, it's in the zeitgeist of, of ham radio. This is this is a $65 radio, but it's, it's little brother that looks the same. It's like $25 on Amazon. Okay. Now, it's Chinese-made. Um, it – does things cheaply, and that includes potentially throwing out some some interference and, and throwing out signals on spaces that it you don't really want to. With that said, it's a good place to start because the cool thing about ham radio is it's only the, the pushing down the button and transmitting that you need the license for. Okay. You can buy this radio and you can receive all you want on it, and, and that's totally, totally fine. Um, you get out – you can get a radio like that. There's websites like radioreference.com that you can find your local area and it will tell you local frequencies, either um, you know, local emergency service, public works, repeaters like I've already mentioned that are in the area that you can receive with a radio like that. So you can begin to understand 
how the radios work. You tune it to a frequency and you can receive the signals coming in. Okay. And then if you want to step up, you can get your license or take the test. And that's when you can find out when there are accidents like that movie, accidents like that movie Nightcrawler where you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's a that's a good clarification. So um, this is going to get a little science-y. Oh, it's the right. radio spectrum, right, is, is really really wide right it's, yeah. it's almost a portion of, of light and sound when it's when it's all spread out yeah. so the the part where rf radio frequencies exist go all the way down to like am and then they come all the way up to fm and these handy talkies this one operates in the 144 megahertz range and the 440 megahertz range and while there are public works and there's still some police stations that are still in that area, a lot of them have moved to other frequency spaces. Okay. A couple of years ago, <laughs> people were using these as scanners, yeah. right? They don't work as scanners that well anymore because yeah. the police are doing a lot of different stuff. Yeah. They figured it out. I think that that movie Nightcrawler ruined it for everyone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, th that and and that, uh, so you can still buy like a police scanner. Those yeah. still exist that that do trunking and and operate in that specific area. Trunking is a whole other thing. We yeah. we need a whole podcast just to explain that. <laughs> um, but you know, you can still go buy scanners, and scanners are you know a part of radio, but they're not part of amateur radio, ham okay. radio kind of thing. That makes sense. And and so, yeah. um, if you're gonna get one and start. Uh, programming frequencies and stuff. I feel like that's a great place to start learning like where your emergency frequencies are or your, you know, mm -hmm. the, the weather bands and stuff. So if something did happen, you'd at least be able to figure out what's going on. Uh, yeah. So there's a, there's a couple of things I recommend. Um, so I already said the Baofeng, right? This is you yeah. know simple, cheap radio. There's a programming cable you can buy. It's on Amazon. Um, it's actually I link to it on my videos. So if you go to the Ham Radio Crash Course on YouTube, it'll be in my Amazon A store. The reason I I recommend only one is because there's all these Chinese Chinese counterfeits that yeah. look like they're really cheap, but they don't work. Um, and so you can program program that at home. The some things you'll find is it's not the greatest weather radio. Um, Okay. Um, and like I mentioned, it's not the greatest emergency comms radio. Um, you're almost recommended to go pick up a simple AM shortwave transmitter that has weather receive capability. Yeah, that's really really good for an emergency situation. I, I rec I have a series of videos on emergency comms, and I recommend a radio like that. And actually, the other thing, and I'm, I'm doing a live stream tonight where I'll be talking about some of this stuff. Is these little SDRs? Have you seen these before? Um, no, these I haven't. These are USB um, dongles that will receive RF, and you can use an application on your website to decode the various modes like FM, like frequency modulation, cool. AM, AM modulation, or I'm sorry, amplitude modulation. And you can actually, with a lot of these, you can listen to almost the entire RF spectrum, depending on what this is, is uh, ranked for as far as megahertz. So oh, wow. this is a little bit limited – yeah. Whereas this can receive much, much more. So this you can do weather and police and amateur radio and whatnot. So it's just a receiver, though. That's super cool. Now, uh, in terms of the amateur radio, you always see in movies, um, you know, yeah. some guy that's on there, he's got his own show. There's a or, you know, he's got 
a community of listeners and stuff. How does that work? Like that's always, I mean, it seems like in this day and age, like with all, like, you know, you have a channel on YouTube that goes out to, right. you know, so many people. Um, like what's, what's the benefit of that? Is that just kind of a, a hobbyist thing or is there like, I, I don't understand that whole world. I'd love to kind of understand what that's all about. So I need I need you to clarify. What do you mean by like a show? Like, like a, a show. Like, I guess I'm saying like they're they're always like it almost seems like a party line or something. Like I don't. Mean oh like that. yeah yeah yeah. Okay. So um, just people hanging out on a frequency talking to each other. Yeah. They call that a rag chew, and okay. that's just like uh, like you said, like a party. Like if you've ever been on a Google Hangouts, yeah. it's Google Hangouts without the video. Um, and the difference is is that they're going party to party. They're okay. talking one to one. There's no internet between them. It's their radio and an antenna, and that other person's radio and and their antenna. So we're literally using the atmosphere to transmit our frequencies and and bounce them around. I mean, the local at night is when a lot of what they call the 80 meter or the 75 meter rag chews start up, and you know that can be across the country on a good night. Um, but definitely multi-state. We're talking from California to Arizona, Colorado, um, up to Oregon in some cases. Just you know, just people talking on the radio. So yeah. it's it's almost like a challenge to see how far you can transmit. Okay. Um, and also awesome because it's like-minded people. So. Yeah. So you say to see how far you can transmit. What does that entail in terms of figuring that out? Um, I know you you have a whole course on it, so that yeah. <laughs> you don't have to I'll, I'll, go into total detail, but. It, it's always funny to when I when I do podcasts like this where it's kind of like the introductory stuff. Yeah. I have a harder time trying to talk the introductory stuff than just having this really complicated thing because I have to kind of explain the difference between the two things, right? Yeah. So this radio is line of sight. Okay. Uh, VHF UHF is is it just shoots out from the antenna and it won't refract off the atmosphere, right? Okay. I know I'm going to get crazy here, but um, so once you hit that horizon those waves kind of stop working basically, okay. right? The the bigger radio – or not bigger, but the HF radios, the high-frequency radios, the, the guys that you know have the big antennas on the roof that look like TV antennas on steroids kind yeah. of thing. Or sometimes they rotate them. Do you see them turn every once in a while? You're like, did that thing just move? Yeah. <laughs> um, those guys, what they're doing is the oscillation of the frequency, right? The, the wave itself, the peaks and the valleys, the amplitude – that those waves, depending on the time of day, will refract off of the different layers of our atmosphere and basically bend pipe us around the round earth. Yes, the, the, the earth is round. Uh, bounce it up and over, right, so that you can get cross-country communications. That's how we extend our comms is by using the atmosphere to bend us around to where our destination is. That's cool. And I've seen some things online where they're like – like almost like games and competitions to like um, locate uh, what do you call it? You would know better than me, but <laughs> DX. Yeah, is it yeah. DXing. Yeah, yeah. DX. So DX is like a long distance con uh, contact. What'll happen yeah. is actually one just happened uh, midsummer uh, in an island called Ducey, which is one of the most centrally located remote islands in the Pacific. Mm. And these guys went out there for a couple weeks, set up a bunch of radios, and then just made contacts. And you got to understand, 
a lot of these guys who are really, really into it collect these rare contacts, these rare DX contacts, yeah. because it could be decades before someone will ever go back to that island again. Oh, wow. So it could be their last chance to to get a contact from some of these rare locations. That's crazy. And um, with with this kind of thing, um, you know, using uh, amateur radio, is there any like sort of threats from from the government in terms of making these less available to people? I know I remember reading something about a Chinese radio sure. ban on your site. I was wondering what that was about. Yeah. So we're already licensed by the FCC. So they do have some of your information. They know where you live, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, don't know much other than that, like what your personal details are. Regardless, yeah. amateur radio has always been a the the human the the person is licensed. They give you the license with the expectation that you're gonna um, not be a jerk <laughs> on yeah. the airways kind of thing. What the FCC did recently, and, and I did a video on this, like you mentioned, um, they started cracking down on these Chinese radios. Yeah. And the reason for that is when you buy one of these, at least. Um, some of them, they come just completely wide open. What I mean by that is they can transmit outside of the amateur radio frequency space like I talked about earlier. Okay. And that's technically not legal um, for anyone to do if they don't have privileges on those spaces. Right. Okay. So when I was saying the 144 megahertz, well, it'll go all the way down to, you know, I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but it goes way down below the amateur frequencies and, and no amateur is supposed to transmit there. But it's it would only be illegal if we did it. What okay. they said is the mere act of owning this and not restricting it to just the amateur frequencies was technically illegal. So I took I took umbrance with that, and that's what made me make the video. And like a lot of the comments say, my car goes over sixty five miles an hour. Yeah, but I we don't ban the car, we ban or we ticket the driver for doing it if they get caught. Yeah. Same kind of thing here. That's how amateur radio is supposed to work. We've got the ability, but we don't unless we need to if life or limb is on the line. Yeah. That's crazy. So, as what's going on with that? Are they? Is that something that's going to happen? Are they? Are they banning that or? So, so technically, um, the inf it's called the enforcement memo. Okay. The enforcement memo came out saying um, everyone needs to use the radio based off of the privileges that they're assigned. You know, amateurs, uh, business radio, all these different spaces that this thing can technically operate on. You have to follow the the guidelines for those things, and no radio should be able to do both unless, I guess, you're privileged on them. Um, there's all kinds of minutia in this. But that hasn't been reeled back. Um, the ARRL, which is the uh, Amateur Radio Relay League, I think that's right. Um, they basically are the – think of them as kind of the MR, the NRA of, of ham radio. Okay. They tried to communicate with the FCC. They said they were in talks with the FCC. This was back in October, and we haven't heard anything since. Um, and now the government shut down, so nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> which good or bad, depending on how you feel. Uh, so I, I don't know. Now, we did get a clarification from the lawyer who made the memo from the FCC. She basically said, yeah, you uh, these things are technically illegal, but oh, by the way, nobody's coming to get them or nobody's actually policing this. Yeah. So there's no agents on the ground. There's nobody on the ground that's act actively policing this law, which to me – as I mentioned in the video, means it's a stupid law and shouldn't exist. Yeah. If, if nobody's going to police it, then get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Just get rid of it. Yeah, it's just like one of those things they're 
waiting to fall back on in case they ever want, the, you know, more control, yep. like, which is always what happens. With, with or you get agencies. caught with something else and they go, oh, you see, you got an illegal Baofeng there. Yeah. Guess what? Another <laughs> ticket. Yeah. Another fine. Yeah. Illegal Baofeng. $25 radio I got on Amazon and it's illegal. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you seem to be into other kind of preparedness stuff. Um uh, let's talk a little bit about that. What in terms of? I mean, I love talking about about kind of like disaster scenarios and being prepared for that. And I'm, I've been slowly sure. preparing kind of my my kind of arsenal of of things um, mm-hmm. for somebody that were just getting into wanting to be prepared for an earthquake. Other than like what you were talking about, uh, you know, maybe getting a radio or something. What other things would they need? You know. Um- like I said, I was a Boy Scout, lived through the earthquake. So firsthand experience of, you know, power being out and, you know, water, questionable water. Yeah. So having to boil your water, um, gas lines being temporarily disturbed, all that stuff. So I would say start with what's the most likely to kill you and then start working your way down. Yeah. Um, water, got to have water. So get some kind of purification system uh, on running water. I really like those uh, Sawyer filters that are available on and Walmart has them. They're like 21 bucks and oh, they'll yeah. do, I think a hundred thousand gallons of water, which is fantastic. Oh, wow. So get a couple of those. They're cheap. Um, food, you know, everybody has different opinions on food, you know, freeze dried food that you store away. Um, I happen to like keeping food on hand that you eat all the time. So we eat a lot of rice. So we have a lot of rice and we have freeze dried food and we have a can rotation system, right? So cans of food we buy goes to the back and we take a can off that goes inside the house. We eat that can when we get to it. That's just simple stuff, right? That's just, we went from nothing to uh, spent a couple of, you know, spent a hundred bucks and we've got a couple months of food or a couple, you know, a month of food and then do that every couple of months as you budget because i do recommend budgeting if you're going to yeah. get prepared budget this stuff out because it can be really expensive uh, over time and then just kind of build more food until you get to the point where it's like okay i got six months or or whatever and i've got the preparations to to purify water um i do recommend a water bob have you guys you you familiar with what a water bob is yeah is that like the big uh, ba- uh bathtub uh tank yeah, sort of the thing. big bathtub tank. Yeah, so if there's an, an emergency, one of the first things that you know FEMA and all the others recommend is fill up your bathtub because that's clean water basically. Yeah. Well, they make a bladder that goes in there. You can fill that sucker up, and then you got I don't know how many gallons. What do they say? Like a hundred gallons that thing can support, which that seems like a lot for a bathtub. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, why do you think that? Um People just don't like because it's it's inevitable. There'll be earthquakes and stuff, and especially in California, um, mm-hmm. there'll be people that'll be without power and water, and like you said, gas mains and all that stuff being down. Why don't why don't people seem to care about that at all? Like whenever I talk about it with people, they kind of laugh at me a little bit. Like like I'm like maybe a crazy person. And I'm like. But like it's happened before. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not being crazy. <laughs> yeah. So the thing that always that always cracks me up is I, I want to say, oh, they just haven't been through it yet. But then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, you know, there's probably a lot of people who haven't been through an earthquake. Yeah. But every year the East Coast is rocked with some kind of storm watch 2019, 2020, whatever. And what's the the headline? stores out of uh, water milk and and diapers and booze. Right. That's the that's <laughs> they, they're the shelves are empty. Well, 
you know it's coming. Wa- yeah. Water is cheap uh, all throughout the year. Stock up on some water. Stock up on yeah. rice. Stock up on whatever. I, I, I think it's it's the same thing that goes with um, people don't save any money. They're talking about that now in the news with the shutdown. Nobody saves their money. They're yeah. living paycheck to paycheck, right? Yeah. So it's a very um, – it's almost animalistic, right? We, we basically live hand to mouth. Yeah. And that's it. We're, we're, we we set up this – I got my paycheck. I got to use all that money before I get my next one instead of saying, hey, I'm going to put 5% of this away yeah. to buy some food or you know save up for a gun or save up for a radio or whatever. Nobody works like that. They'll just go on credit, right? Yeah. Just charge it, you know? <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm pretty sure sh- I keep hearing that this thing's going to come soon. And I'm like, <laughs> I've been over like the last couple of years saving up on food and water and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I get, I, I'm also not a native Californian. So earthquakes we the little one we had like in 2014, like f- scared the crap out of me. And that's when I started thinking about it. My wife yeah. and I woke up in the early morning and we're like, oh my gosh, we're going to die. It's the end of the world. <laughs> we were totally I, fine. <laughs> I, I guess I've grown up with them and, and they're still scary, but I have <laughs> definitely slept through, uh, if it's not above a three point oh i've i've just sleep right through them (laughs) (laughs) so not that there's that many it's just that you get to a point where it's like once you've been through i guess enough of them and you realize that there's really not that much damage until you start bumping it up a bit um then it's kind of like unless i hear something fall and i don't i just fall asleep (laughs) (laughs) yeah just your pan hanging in the in the cupboard or something <laughs> it's the glass actually the glass yeah. is what uh messed a bunch of people up during the earthquakes it's just all the broken glass yeah and so true. there's a good there's a good preparedness tip for those that live in places with earthquakes leave a pair of shoes by your bed or close to your bed because if if glass breaks and you're fumbling around half awake pumping you know adrenaline's dumped you're gonna cut yourself all up and mm. you won't know what happened until you're like hey where all this blood come from yeah and then yeah, you, yeah, that's oh gosh, just freaking earthquakes. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're you seem like you got your five eleven hat on. I'm assuming you're into guns and you have have some. Um, yes. How do you deal with that living in California? Because I my family now all lives in Texas. I go back. Everyone carries. It's like yeah. part of the life out there. But you know, I've been given Christmas gifts that are guns that are not even on the roster. And then you start looking into it and like, this sucks. How come I, how come I can't do anything fun? Yeah. (laughs) It's really, it's really bad if you've been here for a while too, because you've technically been allowed to purchase guns that they've now banned. Yeah. Or you have things that are now technically illegal. So they're basically saying, turn them in. Right. Yeah. They're, they're not coming for your guns, but they're they're coming for your guns. Right. Yeah. Because they just keep setting the bar up and up until you get to the point where it's like, well, you just you this, the gun hasn't changed. It's yeah. been in the safe this whole time. But I was fine and a lawful citizen before. Now I'm potentially a felon. Yeah. What? Not to say I am. Right. Because <laughs> lost all my guns in a boating accident. Uh, <laughs> But serious, and it's not just the gun, right? Magazines, right? Magazines are a huge problem in this state. Um, the roster is a nightmare, though. That's one of my most egregious, uh, I think, overshooting of the government in California is this stupid roster. And if you go back far enough, I, I mentioned uh, gun gun websites before when we before we started the podcast. Gun websites is uh, kind of a gun historian on YouTube. 
And he did this uh, tour of Southern California because all the Saturday night specials or most of them, the reason why we have some of these stupid laws were created in California. Yeah. And through the hysteria of the public and the politicians being more than willing to capitalize on the hysteria said, oh, sure, we'll ban them. We'll get rid of these stupid guns. And what? how did they do it? They created the handgun roster, the quote unquote safe handgun roster. Yeah. That was to kill Saturday night specials. Yeah, and I've I um I what I ran into the problem is I have a, a brother who's who works on a show. His he their sponsor is Walther. Um, they've got some great guns, um, but I can't get any of them um, into <laughs> the state because of the roster. Nobody, I'm finding out that nobody wants to pay the, to to get their guns on the roster. They has to go uh, through like all that. What is it? All the testing and stuff they got to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so Walther doesn't have any guns that are on uh, the roster? No, not at least not really? nothing current. Yeah, like anything I can get. New and like yeah, that's like uh, Gen three Glocks are the only thing we can get because Ge- uh, Glock won't won't deal with it for the Gen four, so we can't get the single stack nines or yeah. anything like that. The, the one I want, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So what they did, and it, it I, I'm not going to have the numbers exactly correct, but the DOJ basically requires the company gives a a gun for every SKU, meaning if you've got the same Smith and Wesson, you know, six forty two, but you you call it a Lady Smith, even though it's the same frame basically, and and it's a different SKU. That's a new sixty five hundred dollars and and another gun you got to send to the DOJ, yeah. and they have a person, I believe, they have to sit down. And they have same person has to fire 500 rounds in one seating through the test firearm. Now you're thinking to yourself, oh, I could do that with a Glock. I can do that with you know whatever number of handguns. Yeah. Not with the small mouse guns, and no. that's why they created that law to get rid of Saturday night specials because they're small, they're tiny, and even with a 22, they bark a bit, and yeah. or they're cheap pot metal, and they get real hot and crap. Yeah. Um, so again, they're they're trying to kill something that has a perception of being bad it doesn't it's not really and they'll create laws to snuff out your rights to buy it which is just man it's egregious gosh it's ridiculous and like and that was the other thing too like i got a a sig p uh p938 uh in texas that like okay that's a little a tiny little like subcompact pistol is that the mosquito is that the 380 uh, no, it's the P938. I could be getting the I'm terrible at remembering model numbers. And so whenever it comes to talking about guns, yeah. I can get it wrong. But what's I think it, it's what's a, a nine, chamber, is it 938, I think. And it's a nine millimeter, but it's it's a tiny little like pocket oh, pistol. Okay. Um, and like, and, and it only does like seven rounds. So it's like, it, technically, you know, it's, it, it should be legal here, but because it's not on the roster, it's. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the cute, the cute thing about that is. Law enforcement can have it in California. They can own it, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, man, that's very frustrating. There was a uh, what was it? A couple of years ago, we had a single shot in- exemption. Were you here? You were here for that. Did, did you get in on any of that? No, I didn't. Actually? I don't. I, I just kind of got into guns in the last couple of years, so I probably okay. missed out on it. But <laughs> yeah, you could go to an FFL and uh, you could you could have the gun transferred to the special FFL and he would convert it to be single shot only. And um, and then you'd wait the 10 days, you'd come back and he would take off the accessories and hand you the gun. And you're like, well, I thought it was supposed to be single shot. He's like, no, no, that's just for the transfer process. And then, you, OK, so what? OK, it's uh, not it's a non rostered gun technically, but that's only for selling it if you 
transfer it private party or go through a lawful transfer, then you can legally own it. So if a police officer wanted to get rid of his off-roster gun, he can sell it to a, a California resident and it's totally fine. Really? That's interesting. Yep, through an FFL, yep. Well, what I was dealing with was, I guess, the only way I could do it is through a vertical transfer from either a parent or, or a grandparent, and that was why, why my my brother was giving me one, and I couldn't actually take it because it was it, it had to have been given to my dad, which is weird. So is it and, – and it's off-roster? Yeah. You're sure it's off-roster? Okay, because yeah. if it's on-roster, they can just transfer it to an FFL yeah. in California, and you're good to go. That was the big issue with it, which is like – Yeah. When we were all surprised, like <laughs> my brother gave it to me. I was like, I thought this was fine for California. That's why I got you one. It was under 10. <laughs> you know, it took an under 10 round magazine, all this stuff. I'm like, no, I guess. He's like, so he ended up selling it and I didn't buy something. Oh, here, man. But. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it, it, it's crazy. I, where do you go shoot around here? Because you're, you're not too far from me. Where do you? Where do you? Uh, uh, I live in Cerritos. So there's a shooting range in Cerritos called Insight Shooting Range. I go to that occasionally. Um, Field time, which is in Stanton, I believe. And if I want to shoot rifle or my AK-47s, I'll go to Burrow Canyon. But I believe that burnt down. So I've got to oh, go yeah. to Angeles now, which is closer to you, I think. Yeah. Um, I used to compete in shotgun, in skeet and trap. Oh, cool. And there's a place in El Monte called Triple B's that I, I used to go to. I was there probably twice a week. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, let me know when you're around in town. We'll uh, we'll have to go sometime. Go to the Heck, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually getting a Glock 19 in two weeks, so <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's my bedside, you know, gun is a Glock is a what is it? Flat Dark Earth uh, Glock, which oh, is nice. kind of a rare Glock. Yeah, that is. I haven't seen any of those. Otherwise, I would. I like that color. I've I've seen it everywhere online when looking up, looking at guns yeah. to buy, but I've never seen a Glock like that. It, they're pretty rare that it, it's like the uh whatever color you want as long as it's black when it comes to glock um, <laughs> there, there are a couple of color ones but like i said there you have to kind of look for them that's crazy all right well thank you so much man um if people want to get into ham radio and mm-hmm. and find out more about you where can they go so if you just go Google Ham Radio Crash Course on uh, – I'm on Facebook. we got a Facebook group. We just passed 2,000 members and uh, the the YouTube channel, of course, is Ham Radio Crash Course. And I actually have a playlist that's just specifically for helping people get their technician license. And it's not just me spewing textbook at you. It's actually talking about kind of like what we did today. Yeah. Why do you want this? How would you use it? In more of a practical sense oh, while awesome. also covering the textbook. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, I'm going to get on there and uh, I guess I'll, I'll order one of those little bow fangs. <laughs> Finally yeah. And, uh, you know, what's, these things are these things are thirty dollars, twenty five dollars oh, yeah, as well. Too. So the, all the software is free that runs these and these you can hear more than the bow fang. Um, so you kind of get a better understanding of how the whole radio things all play together. Okay. You know? Cool. Well, thank you so much for the information, man. We'll have to have you back on again and talk about other things. This was fun. Absolutely. I'm happy to do it. Hey, this part of the show is brought to you by Phoenix Shaving. If you like to shave and you are a man or a woman, I mean, some some women are hairy. That's all right. That's okay. No judgment. But if you, uh, you're a guy that likes to shave and appreciates the finer things in life, go to GentlemanScofflaw.com slash shave. 
Um, that link helps support the show. And you could check out some of Douglas Smythe's amazing shaving soaps, aftershave colognes. You'll be blown away at all the stuff he has. Scents for days. He is like the Walter White of artisan soap making. He's got this lab basically there in, in Phoenix, Arizona where he uh, creates his soaps and, and he cures them. It's an independent business. You're not giving your money to all those guys that are ripping everybody off with razors. Right now, you can get some wet shaving starter packs. So it has everything you need to get started wet shaving. You know, you can get a sets that have the safety razor, the brush, the soap, the aftershave. Tons of great scents to pick from. I've mentioned before, one of my favorites is Tombstone. Also, they have Sundown, which is like a classic barbershop scent. Um, they've got uh, Cavendish, which smells like, like pipe tobacco, which is amazing. I tell you, I've been using this stuff, and I don't get any razor burn or razor bumps anymore this stuff is amazing especially the aftershave it just removes all irritation bumps redness it's like i've never looked so dapper in my life and that's thanks to phoenix shaving so go to gentlemanscofflaw.com shave and stop being a slave to the cartridge razor shave all right um that was fun I like talking to Josh. You got to have him back on again. He's also local, so we should just have him come we over should. sometime. I I watched a video of his where uh, he was uh, he was talking about like he, I guess he had won like a a PlayStation. This is from like two years ago. He won a PlayStation a uh, little console, like a little like kind of PlayStation. Uh, what was it called? I know it wasn't a PSP. It was like the follow up to the PSP okay. that nobody wanted. <laughs> But it was apparently really good. He was showing it off like he, he won it in a Taco Bell contest. It was the most really? random story ever. Anyways, he, I guess, is like a like he loves hunting for like bargains on old technology. Yeah. So he was going from Walmart to Walmart, like like spent the whole day going from like to four different Walmarts, which if you live in Southern California, you know, Walmarts are not super common. No. So he must, he was traveling like a lot to get to these Walmarts looking for Over these the like, South Bay area. Yeah. Man, right? Yeah. He definitely ended up in the South Bay. <laughs> and, uh, he, uh, he talked about how, uh, he was looking for these games, which I think were discounted to about like $5, but it ended up being like a total wash. Like, like he didn't find anything. It was like <laughs> him walking to each Walmart and coming out and being like, well, that was a total waste of time on the next Walmart. <laughs> and uh, I could totally relate to him because yeah. he, he eventually was like, yeah, I should have just like the lesson here is I could have just called <laughs> these Walmarts <laughs> and asked, but it's almost like there is kind of this procrastinative, like joy to like wasting time going to the store, going in the store, yeah. gambling on whether or not they have the product that you want. Yeah. And then, and then when they don't have the product, like almost like the high is over and you're like, you're like hung over on the way out. You're <laughs> like, oh, well that was, a, that sucked. Like yeah. I should have just stayed home. Like, <laughs> now I got to drive out of the parking lot yeah. and as well just go to Taco Bell. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's yeah. I can relate. It's the it's the thrill of the hunt. Although yeah, Walmart exactly. now they've got the app. You just Google. You just search what you're looking for, and it'll show you all the WalMarts near you that have it in stock. It's, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> like I said, this was two years ago in 2017. Yeah. So uh, Walmart has come a long way since. They have, I imagine they have. They also maybe do free two day shipping. The app. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Um, interesting guy, though. Very interesting guy. And I can I can relate to him on his love of old technology. Yeah. And uh, this week, 
we're doing a or this month we're doing a giveaway. Yep. Uh, from Phoenix Shaving, as usual, um, we are giving away. It's called Mal Pay aftershave and cologne. Bad piece or wait, what was bad? Mal pe- that's Pei. what it looks. That's what that's what the translation means. Is it? Bad um, piece? It's got a got a longhorn on there and some wood. Looks kind of like a western kind of uh, sort of theme. Yeah. And uh, let's, let's give it a smell. It's got supposed to got scents of mesquite, leather, cedar. Black pepper, bay rum, Ooh, that's bergamot, sexy, ginger, and tobacco. Did you say this is discontinued? It's. Di- I don't know if it's discontinued or just not available currently. But oh, this is. This. You can't get this anywhere else right now. So, <sighs> if you want this, I'm gonna. I'm gonna sign up for this. You have to sign up for can, it before Donovan does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might. I might. You know, tip the uh, the old scale in my favor. No, no, I'm kidding. And you could go on our uh, Instagram.com/slash Jen Scofflaw for details yep. on how to win that. Yep. Also, a little announcement: uh, the Big Shave West is coming up in mm. April. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna be there. We're gonna be doing a doing a show there with Douglas, and uh, and uh, that that should be fun. We'll start, you know, posting more information about that uh, as things unravel. Maybe, maybe one of the maybe the the contest leading up to that event will be, uh, you know, whether or not you shave your beard. Maybe it's a beautiful beard. It's but probably time for it to go. I I don't care. I'm not like I I, I think it looks great, but. If you show, if you show up at the Big Shave West with that beard, will they uh, take umbrage? Or maybe we could do a live shave. That could be interesting. That that would be awesome. Actually, if you could find a guy. Here's the thing. I got. I got a. I just a, said a, shave, and you said find a guy. No, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. You keep implying. No, I, I, I just I, mean I, it. No. Just doesn't sound safe to me. <laughs> All right. Well, what I was saying, what, what I was saying is the last is the last <laughs> the last uh, uh, big shave uh, west that we went to was um, I I sat in the barber chair. And yeah, I got, like a, I got a shave. That's when you had so your mustache. Still, that was when I had the mustache. Yeah, it's true. That was, and I didn't have him take off the mustache. Either way. If if you want to get a shave, we could always have you sit down in an old fashioned barber chair and see yeah. how he does it. It might be a little uncomfortable though. It wasn't the most comfortable experience <laughs> in my life. You know what? It always is with a, uncomfortable with a new person shaving you. Yeah, I think because they don't the know like the grain of your face. And so it's like you, like when you shave yourself, you know the way everything grows and yeah. like where it doesn't, how yeah. it doesn't irritate. But I, I kind of want to, I kind of want to see it, like see it with like one of those old guys who like maybe like he's. Maybe he's seen enough faces that he yeah. just knows. He just looks at you. Like Max Fisher's dad. Exactly. Rushmore. And when, 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 yeah, when, when he when he uh, finishes up, he, he asks you if you need money. <laughs> yeah. You need some money? He's, no, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I always felt so bad for Seymour Cassell. Seymour Castle scene. was great in that, um, that movie. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to join us, uh, put it on the calendar. It's in Phoenix this year. Not if You know, if you're in the area, it'll be yeah. fun. Uh, we we'll can find a guy there. out there. We can find a guy out there. He can shave you. Yeah. So uh, also, how else can people support the show? There, Donovan. Any, uh, any ideas there? I well, they could, they could, uh, they could plug up. We could. <laughs> well, you could plug. You like Ron Burgundy? You, you just plug- read what's on the teleprompter. <laughs> You could pl- you could plug us anywhere you are. You can you know plug us to your family, your friends, your uh, Super Bowl party. But also, 
you can do. Go to our merch shop and you can check out all sorts of wonderful merch that we have on our website, Um, including uh, we have flasks, Flasks which are great. T-shirts. T-shirts and mugs and uh, yeah. All sorts sorts of of cool stuff so you can wrap us. Or if you just want to, you know, buckle down and support the show, you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash gent scofflaw. And uh, we got some some cool extras going up there for all these days. We've got some outtakes. We've got some actual videos of our interviews. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got, uh, you know, deleted segments and stuff. We've got extras like uh we've got a, a movie podcast uh on there yeah. all this stuff um which you'll want to you want to be a part of and uh support the show you'll get extras and you get to support the show yeah. so um i think that's it for this week right that's it yeah i think we co- i think i think we covered everything from <laughs> ariana grande to ham radio so <laughs> Lord, I, think, I think our job is done here all in the same episode all right donovan you are a gentleman and a scoff on my friend and you are as well jordan all right, you guys have a great week. This has been the Gentleman Scofflaw Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says, his ass on the river. We ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. Hey!